Hello and welcome to Divisive Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast where we talk about comic books. I'm Sly. I'm Ryan. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. We're here to talk about Black Panther. Yeah, cool, the movie, right? It's so good, right? Uh, <laughs> we're going to spoil uh, the fuck out of the movie we're talking about? No, we're not. We're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about the comic We're not going to spoil the movie. Phil and Daryl haven't seen it. Oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't call us out on that. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but who's yeah. us? Apparently, apparently we sound the same, so I don't even know. Maybe we're one person. <laughs> So I wanted to do a Black Panther story because before the movie came out, I read through a lot of solo Black Panther and a lot, even though I really, really liked a lot of it, there wasn't a lot that I feel like fit our style all that much because a lot of it was just kind of his world and his long form runs that I really, really liked. But there is one story that I wanted that I wanted us to do that is from his book from the 70s jungle action <laughs> uh context important this it wasn't called jungle action because it's black panther it's a book called jungle action about yes. like tarzan like characters and then black panther took that book over yeah i on. i felt it yeah. was so weird because i went back to the very first issue just to see what it was like and then there's just some like you know conan the barbarian mixed with tarzan <laughs> dude with some like lady in a bikini by his leg in danger. Yeah, there's not happened a lot. Uh, uh, books would like drastically because like what happens was it was, it was so much of a pain in the ass to set up, like stuff of like the 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 printing services and like getting on a uh, postage mailing list, like newspaper racks and stuff like that. So rather than make a new title, they will put like with the books like doing poorly, they will just like ha- put a new character as a main character mm. or like have a new focus instead. And, yeah, and, it, you know. didn't they do that with like action comics too? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Action yeah. comics was about like action comics and became just Superman. Oh, and, and detective. Yeah, exactly. And like, even when characters would have like, like the Hulk's book got canceled after six issues. So he just like had a book where he shared it with, I think it was Iron Man or like, and they both had 10 pages or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, that was kind of the norm. So I do want to give a little bit of history of Black Panther. He was the first black superhero with superpowers. There were black comic book characters in the past. But he was the first, like, mainstream American superhero. In, like, the 60s. Like, and comics have been around since, like, the 1930s. Yeah, exactly. And in... He actually... A lot of people always ask me this. He predated the Black Panther Party. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. I did not know that. And there was a big controversy because they, when, the, when the Black Panthers, the movement started coming up, Marvel wasn't sure if they should be that political and have their character named after, you know, such a far left radical movement. So they actually changed his name multiple times to The Panther to Black Leopard. Eventually, like, okay, he's the Black Panther again. (laughs) Yeah. That's really, I was was 100% sure in my headcanon that uh, he had, uh, it was like a a, a slight nod to the Black Panthers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. I guess it makes sense that, 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 like, uh, a comic book company would always want to take the safer bet, not, like... So Stan Lee says it's a strange coincidence, but the Black Panther Party, they formed after, but they were the Lowndes County Freedom Organization was using the Black Panther logo. So it is possible that 
maybe he saw that and didn't it's Stan Lee, so he probably didn't realize where he got the idea from. Yeah, if you uh, follow uh, Stan Lee, uh, he will n- never be accurate about how anything started. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. he, like, you talk about how X-Men was, when he created X-Men, it was supposed to be Professor X's uh, MLK, and Magneto was supposed to be uh, Malcolm X. But if you actually read the 60s comics, you could, you could realize Stan Lee didn't create any of that shit. That came later, of course, Claremont. <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> That's pretty yeah. funny. And the thing with Black Panther is he showed up in a Fantastic Four story, and he pretty much is the Black Panther that we see in the movies. It's campier and, like, sillier, but he's from this secret country of Wakanda that's never been colonized and is, like, totally detached from the rest of the world. And he's a really interesting character because especially in comics at the time that you didn't really see, like, black characters that were, like, really smart or technologically savvy. And I... There's... People debate on if Black Panther's early stories are, like, problematic or progressive. And it's it's really interesting because he's still, like, tribal. Like, he's still, like, a tribal king. But it's it's just... It's it's what became kind of known as Afrofuturism later on. And it's... I think it's really I cool. I feel like it becomes really tricky always when you're trying to portray a culture that's foreign to you. Because yeah. if you just make them, like, white people but with different, like, skin, then you're not doing... Because cultures are different. But then if you're, like, making a caricature of their culture, then that's fucked yeah. up, too. So, like, it, it's very tricky. Yeah, that's thing is funny because uh, Black Panther and uh, Luke Cage... Like, Luke Cage was made to be, like, an exploitation type, mm-hmm. type of character. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because with both of them, you could argue that this is, like, a, a stereotype of both of them. But, like, uh, first of all, it's way better than anything else at the time. Like, literally the first yeah. two black spheres ever. And uh, second of all, they did... Uh, they didn't just make them, oh, they're white, but they have black skin. Like, it's, it's at least an attempt to show these cultural differences that are important to these characters. Especially mm-hmm. with a character that's, like, literally supposed to be from this place Wakanda like he can't just be like I'm just from you know yeah, the US. I'm yeah. Tony Stark but I'm <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so after he shows up in Fantastic Four unlike a lot of major Stanley characters he doesn't really get his own book for a while he kind of bounces around guest appearances so like he shows up in Captain America he shows up in, he joins the Avengers he shows up in Daredevil and he didn't get his first starring title until Jungle Action he takes over the book with issue 5 in the early 70s in 1973 oh, poor Tarzan yeah poor, poor Tarzan <laughs> and in number 5 they just reprint a Black Panther centric Avengers story and then he starts in issue 6 with new stuff written by Don McGregor and it was penciled by Rich Buckler and Bill Billy Graham, not Reverend Billy Graham. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. And this is also, like, so this was a critically acclaimed book that ran just from issues 6 to 24, but one of the things that, like, it didn't sell well, even though it was still really popular, so it did, it got cancelled after issue 24, but one of the things that's really important here is it was the story... It's two stories. It's the first is the first big Killmonger story, which the movie takes a lot from. And then there's the KKK story that we're going to talk about. And a lot of people consider that first Killmonger story to be the first graphic novel because it's a very long, completely self-contained multi-issue story arc. And we talked about how, like, during Stanley's Doctor Strange, you could consider that the first graphic novel. But, you know, that's it's really semantics. But it was... Really, it was a pretty groundbreaking series because it was a character that didn't have, like, his own real supporting cast. And they kind of just built this whole world of Wakanda around him over these, like, three years. And then the book ended 
and he kind of went back into obscurity for a little while where Jack Kirby was kind of around. It's, it's like, uh, he's always been like a, a very core Avenger character, for example. And, but like, he's, he's, he's not a character that's been, uh, consistently a solo Lee character. Yeah. And like, he'll have a book for a while and then it'll go away for a little while. I'll have a book for a while. It'll go away for a while. So like the guy who wrote this book, Don McGregor actually is like one of the main creative forces behind him because he actually revisited his stories like 10, 15 years later and told a whole big, like apartheid black Panther story. That's fantastic. But Mm. it was kind of too big and long to do on the show because, because of this grounding and like the, one of the first Marvel graphic novels, a lot of black Panther stories are very long form political dramas. So it was kind of hard to pick one that I wanted to do. And I figured that the second part of jungle action, the part that, that was the last story before the book got canceled was black Panther coming back to America after like really building up the Wakanda story and fighting the Ku Klux Klan, which is, I think kind of right in our purview. <laughs> yeah. It also, yeah. it's funny because I, I didn't know that this is like the only time the KKK show up in Marvel, which I would expect they show up in other times, but this is like the only, like they have a lot of KKK analogs, like the hate monger, but they don't have uh, actual KKK that often. I was, I, I thought they were going to completely cheese out and just be like, they're not secretly, they're not the KKK. They're some evil like demons. Yeah. It, Cause it actually, it starts with another yeah. cult. That's the dragon cult. And I was like, uh, yeah. cause they're wearing yeah. purple hoods and you're like, uh, uh, I was like, God damn, it's this again. The hate monger. He's like, I'm not it's a hate monger cult. They're all like, Hey, Mongo is great. <laughs> yeah. And the one thing I do want to point out, this is January, 1976 to July, 1976. So this is still pretty early in the like social issues comics. It's not like the first, but it's generally you wouldn't have the actual KKK in a book at this time, like at all. And even nowadays, we still don't really see that mm-hmm. kind of like yeah. explicit. Well, this is like this, in the seventies was when the comics were getting very libby lib, and this is where you got like uh, John Stewart in um, Green Lantern and stuff like that. This is when they start, yeah. really start pushing the envelope. Uh, so yeah, it kind of fits into that era. Absolutely. So we're going to be doing uh, Jungle Action 19 through 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through 22. So it's going to be a little shorter, but that's okay because it's really interesting. First off, I, I, I want to make a point that I actually – the worst part about this comic is that I don't think Black Panther himself, the design and the way he's drawn is interesting at all. I okay. have to agree. Because because they, they shade him with one completely, like, just one color the whole time, and the only other color on him is the white of his eyes. Otherwise, he's very just, like, a navy blue figure that goes around. And even, like, when they do show details to his costume, it's just like he's, like, sh- wearing shorts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like his gloves and his boots, and that's it. I kind of like that, honestly. I kind of like the simplicity of his costume. Uh, I like the simplicity costume, but I would kind of prefer it to be black and not blue. Well, that's how it was. That's how coloring was back then. Yes, no, uh, I, I know. I know. Everyone who was blue, black was blue back but then. But in his first, in his first story, it is black. In, in like in the Fantastic Four story, for the uh, for the. I, th- I think he needs some contrast in color. It's sort of like in the movies that he has the 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 white talons around his neckline. It's like that's a really cool <laughs> spoiler contrast. <laughs> detail. But yeah, I. I I don't think this costume is as iconic as, like, the movie one is. 
I think it's good for I think it's good for a sixties costume, especially since black wasn't a very prominent color. This is an era where everyone wore bright blue and red and stuff like that. So I think having an all black even even Batman didn't have all black back then. Uh, That's true. That having true. a black all black costume in the sixties, I think this was a very striking, very bold decision. Like nowadays, it seems cliche because we're so used to like the nineties and stuff, of, like everyone being golf. But in, in the sixties, no one, <laughs> no one wore black in the sixties. Yeah, where is his sunglasses and his choker? Everyone was always over designed in the nineties. Where I think Black Panther just needs a little bit more to really design. Yeah, just I do think that the necklace and stuff works really, really well. Yeah, it does, I will say that necklace and stuff is a very genius way to add a complexity to this very simple idea of a black, fully black costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the basic, the outline of the story is pretty much Black Panther has a love interest at this time, Monica, who is from America. And during an Avengers story that I didn't read, she comes back to live with him in Wakanda. And she comes back to, she comes back to America because her sister was just found dead from an apparent suicide. And she doesn't believe that it was a suicide. So they come back and they basically are, where are they? Like Georgia or something? Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in Georgia. Yeah. And they fight the KKK. That's pretty much the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> so it starts with the, like Phil and Daryl said, this like weird, they look like the KKK, but they're like in purple hoods and they all have like, uh, like special sacrificial knives. Yeah. The thing that I immediately notice here is one of the guys is black. Yeah. And I'm and like, that's just, that's a tip off. There's not the KKK. Like, oh, well, yeah. Get... And, and Black Panther <laughs> notices that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I didn't like, I, I didn't know what the story was until I read it. So I was like, I hope this isn't the case. <laughs> And so they, they're they in a cemetery, and they're, like, chasing after... They're sneaking up on Monica, who is now reminiscing about her dead sister, Jessica. And Panther drops down from a tree and beats up all these guys. And then a white guy drives up in his car and tries to help. And this is Kevin Trueblood, a reporter. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they basically... This is when Monica reveals, like, she's from, she's from America, but she lived in Wakanda. She's coming back. And... Kevin is explaining that he's been investigating the KKK and he thinks his sister might have uncovered the KKK through like her real estate job and through the local politics and that he thinks he might be involved in why she died. And Black Panther's like, well, what do you mean the Klan? Like that can't be the Klan. They had a black guy there. So he takes all these people to the police station and the police are suspicious of like, well, this is like, because a, a guy comes in with a blue outfit and just dragging unconscious people, and he's like, I found these guys in the woods. They tried to kill me. Yeah. And they kind of, like, they... I don't know how I feel about how this is handled, because at the time, there were superheroes everywhere, but, like, Black Panther wasn't super well-known, so I feel like it's it makes sense that people, like, who is this guy just walking around town in a Black Panther costume? But it's also a world where, like, the Avengers has been around for a few years, so I don't know. That's it's like true. they walk the line in like a really kind of weird yeah, it's, way. It's the eternal problem with a lot of Marvel stories where you want to have people be incredulous of superheroes, but at the same time, you you're in a world full of them. Well, to be to be fair, like I said, uh, Black Panther was the first black uh, black piece of hero. He was the first superhero <laughs> to wear black. So like he's he looks like a super villain in a lot of ways. So like yeah, that's uh, fair. so so like uh, it's, it's also really st- one part of the story. that's dumb is that he keeps wearing his fucking costume even when he doesn't have to. Yeah, know? yeah, it's like at dinner and stuff wearing it. Like yeah. and, and even the head part, he only takes off the mouth part when he needs to eat or drink, and then he puts it back on. I guess I guess I, I guess it's have secret identity. I guess he does T'Challa, <laughs> but like it's just so fucking weird to to have him. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and but. The one thing that I like about the story right away is as they're driving these people to the police station. Oh, that they all sit in the back together? <laughs> well, they're all sitting in the back together, but they're basically, they're they're saying, 
the, the Kevin Trueblood is like, you know, usually the KKK doesn't like to show up and kill people. Like these guys must be a different group. And he said, well, one thing's for sure. You're right. They're not with the clan. The clan's a lot more subtle about its activities these days. Rallies and such are their big shindig. Hit the middle and lower class whites where they live. And believe me, they've got their recruiting shtick down pat. They use everything. The recession, liberalism. I tell you, they even have a great sense of drama. What with their burning crosses. But they try to keep any violence quiet and not traceable back to them. They aren't overjoyed by bad press yeah and this this to me i was like oh he's leaning into these politics because yeah. that's still a thing like dog whistle tactics and hiding behind like oh we're not we don't lynch people but mm-hmm. like we do these other things is a huge problem now and this was yeah. 40 years ago yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised with how like prescient uh, all this commentary was on the kkk I, I like this commentary my only beef with this story in general is a lot of it is told and not shown at all like yep. yeah, none of none of this is ever shown. Oh page. my god, Sly! I can't believe it. We agree on one thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Because I, I, right, you're, I both, you're both fired. It's divisive issues, not fucking conformity issues. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're fired. Don McGregor has really cool descriptions sometimes, and he gets really personal with his people that I always enjoy. But he's very verbose. He's too verbose. Yeah. And sometimes he'll throw out comments during an action scene or during like another scene that are offhanded and they take up real estate on the page. And he, he constantly covers what the artist is supposed to be doing, which is showing you <laughs> yeah. what's happening. Who's the artist? Uh, uh, it's Billy Graham and Rich Buckler. Yeah, they're actually pretty decent artists. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, to be honest, add on to what Daryl's saying, I do agree with that. I also, but I also feel like when you have a, the story is about um, so this is systemic permeation of this secret society into this culture but you don't see any of it you don't really see anything about the culture or anything it's really just t'challa fighting kkk like one of the things is all backstory pretty much to me this is a lot of 70s marvel for me the bronze age has this growing pains kind of feeling where i feel like they're like dipping their toes in the water and starting to see can they get away with this kind of stuff but like they still had like editorial mandates that you have to have a superhero fight every issue. Like there has to be mm-hmm. action. And I, I always found the Bronze Age really fascinating, but a lot of times I'm reading it and I'm like, this is almost so great, but like it doesn't break into where I could give it to a non-comic fan. Yes. Like I love it for the history, but there is still that aspect of like, it still very much reads like a dated comic. There's book. still the yeah. barrier to entry into getting into it. Yeah, sort of like with yeah. anime, where you have to be like, just ignore the panty shots. That's just that just happens. Yeah, you just move beyond it. Yeah, and I I would be a lot harsher on this if it was like 1986, but with 76, I can, like, he's the stuff that he's saying. Even if he's saying it without showing it, nobody was saying it at the time. Yeah. So like, I do kind of give it a lot more leeway than I would if it was like a decade later. And like, like this is before Alan Moore. This is before yeah. like all of that stuff. My criticism isn't uh, to say, fuck this bullshit. It's just yeah. to say, say uh, writing wise is very flawed to have a lot of this not be. be oh, pro- absolutely. Yeah. He, he seems like someone that wants to do like radio dramas. Like his voice is very mm. good for that. It's just not like th- that's not the point of comics. It's not its strength. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely doesn't true. give the artist enough to show mm-hmm. time to show yeah. stuff. Yeah, so they drop everybody off at the police station, and the sheriff. I was expecting him to be like, just let these guys go because he's like a racist, like fat white guy sheriff. But he's actually yeah. like kind <laughs> of on their side. But I, I kind of admire <laughs> it because it shows it, it bucks the stereotype. On the other hand, it also hurts the idea. Like this is, this is like the only 
That's uh, true. That's true. The only NPC from the town, NPC. The only you know, <laughs> from the town that we get to know, and he's a, he's a nice guy. Like we don't get to see. Well, any... but no, we do see people like throwing shit at him later. I know, but they're not corrupt because of KK. They're just shitheads. They're just pieces yeah. of shit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We, we, there's no. That's the one problem with the story. Uh, there's no like characters that we see in civilian life and as KKK. There's yeah, KKK. There's, yeah, like the race, they should be a cop or something. Yeah, the racism yeah. isn't baked into the society as tightly as it is in reality. Yeah. Mm, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, guess what? We're in a fantasy world, guys. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, so they they basically, like, they lock up the guys, but they're not talking. They won't out their leaders or anything. So Black Panther and Monica go back to, like, Monica's family, and they stay with her mom, and she cooks for them, and her, her dad just plays solitaire the whole the time. The dad is so, such a weird character in the story, because <laughs> he only plays solitaire no matter what's happening. They're, like, being firebombed by both the KKK and his other group, and they're like, he's like, but I almost have a red eight, or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I do actually, I like his character a lot, mm-hmm. even though it's like, this theme is so heavy-handed, where he keeps saying, like, don't cause trouble. Just let it. Just let it lie. This is the lot we were given. This is like the hand we were dealt. Excuse the pun, but he's like he keeps saying like don't just don't mess with them. Just let them do whatever. They'll just go away. And then he, as the story progresses, he at one point like throws his cards at a guy, and he's like, I'm yeah. sick of just laying like laying down and letting people walk all over me. Mm-hmm. And like it's such a heavy handed metaphor that like he was hiding behind his cards, and then he literally throws the cards at him. But like I yeah, he's original gambit. So he but I get, I get the idea of like the downtrodden older guy that's just like, why rock the boat? Like it could be worse. And then he like is inspired by Black Panther to be better. Like mm-hmm. I get that, and I, I really, really like that. But it is like, like we said, it's really, really heavy handed. I thought it was all right. I, like I, I wasn't too offended by how like direct it was. Where it's like, are you gonna let like all these people walk over you? Kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm halfway between that. I I do agree with Ryan that conceptually it makes perfect sense. I do agree that with Phil that there's times where they're getting firebombed and stuff like that. And he's still playing. And, cards. and it's just like for most scenes, like if you want to set up that that idea, it's like there's so many scenes spent on this guy. Well, just it part of the absurdism there is that like the him playing solitaire is the metaphor for like trying not to raise too much trouble as a black person in. 70s america yeah definitely definitely like it, yeah. that's why i like this that he never explicitly says it's like you know don't we try not to stir and cause up trouble and stuff it's just like i'm just gonna focus on solitaire because that keeps me like okay and safe yeah yeah and like solitaire is like the most solitary out of everyone's way thing you could do he doesn't yeah. even play in the house he sits outside yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And, yeah, so then while he's playing, the KKK and Dragon Circle are both converging at their house at the same time, and Black Panther basically just beats them all up, and they're, like, throwing, like, they're, like, throwing a Molotov cocktail at the house, and he jumps out the window and catches it and throws it away. Like, they're not just here to hassle them, they're here to destroy their house. I want to ask this, because here they say the Purple Dragons and the KKK are unaware that they're both converging in the same house. Are they the same organization or not? Because I didn't get that at all. Oh, I, that, right. I think they're not. This is they're not. This is such a weird part about this arc is it doesn't conclude on a lot of different things. Well, it, that's yeah. the the problem with it is the book gets canceled. Yeah, yeah. because it never states what the relation is because it seems to say there's a relation between the two of them. And that's one thing that I find this story so interesting is this was like a critically acclaimed groundbreaking story, and yet the book like they couldn't even keep the book afloat. You know what I mean? Like where normally we would see like, Oh, can you believe this? Like this should be a top seller, but it's such a small seller that they didn't even let him finish it. 
you know, and they, they gave him the book again, like 15 years later. Like it's, you know, or I guess it was like probably like 10 years later, but like, that's crazy. They, they actually have a sequel, to, sequel story, but it's from a different writer too. Yeah. So there is a lot of these questions aren't answered, but I have a hard time blaming Don McGregor for that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, uh, it's at this part where he's fighting with the KKK outside after they throw the Molotov and he throws it back. That illustrates best why um, Don MacLeod is, he's, he's, his dramatic voice is really strong. But again, like, you don't even need to read the comic to know what happens. Like, he says, he writes, yeah. The night explodes, the darkness burns intensely at the moment of the impact, and it begins a chain reaction of movement. The panther crouches, trying to isolate the separate sounds and sights that explode with the same kind of fury as the bomb. Objects move against the moon and trees. Car engines turn over, a desperate sound seeking to gain flight. The horses erupt into motion. Their panic hangs in the air like an acrid smell of gasoline and burnt grass. The panther leaps, choosing his initial target, and he takes the hooded rider out of the saddle. The two of them crash to the earth, but only the panther lands on his feet. And that's two panels of him jumping. And here's the yeah. question for me when I, when I like, like with what they're all saying, like, why does someone like this not just write a, like, like not comic, like a book? <laughs> Like, they obviously just want to write and not... Well, that's the funny thing. A lot of people, like, Stan Lee wanted to write real books, and he got into comics because that's what his publisher was selling. Like, it's it's funny because uh, they were writing... A lot, of, a lot of comic writers were actual wannabe writers who mm-hmm. got stuck writing comic books. So let's keep that in mind. Yeah, that's what definitely felt like seeing it here, where it's like, I, I feel like, is he torn between two mediums right now? <laughs> well, he originally started as a horror writer for comics mm. and i feel like that style makes more sense in a horror book yeah especially like the the description of senses like the smells yeah, of things yeah, and how they look yeah that's very lends itself well to horror and so yeah that's the end of the first issue yeah, oh yeah but panther beats up the, sh- the shit out of those guys yeah he yeah. beats up everybody and then he wins yep and the dad's like oh look i found my my red jack <laughs> uh so next issue opens up and this is the worst issue out of all four unfortunately. yes uh so uh it opens with Black Panther wearing his Panther costume on the grocery store. Pushing and... a cart, like, crouching behind him. Yeah. And... It's so strange looking. And uh, Monica's yelling at him, saying, stop squeezing the Charmin. And he's like, is it against the law to squeeze the Charmin, Monica? <laughs> really, that's, really, this, that's really what happens. It's really weird. And this is what, and this is where, like, the... I actually, I actually like some of the narrative dialogue. This is where it starts something mm-hmm. where he has to start writing campy 60s as comic stuff because they have while, while uh, they're shopping the narration says dangerous for Black Panther and Monica Lynn the special of the day is bargain basement death silver <laughs> jacket edge knives that are guaranteed to be effective and all sales are final <laughs> <laughs> yeah because yeah. like what's happening is while they're shopping uh, the KKK are like preparing to uh, gang up on them and their plan is to make uh, no it didn't sign part of the plan it's coincidentally, coincidentally an old lady shopping for canned food for her cats because she's probably like an old lady, old crazy cat lady. Oh, he says it. Yeah, yeah, he explicitly lady. says it. <laughs> yeah, she has nine cats. Um, and her, while she's trying to get, she's distracted by Black Panther's scandalous outfit, and uh, she knocks over the, the cat food and it all falls on her. And this is such a dangerous moment with all the cat food, those tiny cat food tins <laughs> falling on this old lady. Yeah, Black Panther has to rush to her rescue. And I even <laughs> I I feel like he's what he's trying to do here is show that like. Because the police show up yeah. and they start fighting Black Panther because he started fighting like the KKK. And they're in like plain clothes, like they're not in hoods or anything. And I think what he's trying to do is show that like they can't be safe anywhere. Like they go about their regular day and get attacked because they're black. Mm-hmm. But it's not 
like he shouldn't be in his costume it like ruins the whole thing you could use it as the metaphor for you, black people can't take off that costume oh, mm. oh he's so deep <laughs> <laughs> like maybe that's why he's always walking around with it because like he can't remove it yeah he's like, he's like batman this is my true mask it's hard because like they even she i think she tells him to take off the costume but like he never really says that much back to her about like because he could plant the seed being like, I'm unable to, or like, I have to stay in this costume. It's, he's just like, no. <laughs> like, like, I don't think people are going to recognize him as T'Challa. He's not even from this fucking country. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, this is a, this is a, could have been the message if they showed other people reacting to this. But they never show anyone reacting to this because they, they threaten Monica in the open. But they don't see anyone uh, looking at these guys while it's happening. So as far as we know, everyone's focused on Black Panther. Like, that yeah. could have been the way to show, like, maybe Black KKK is more acceptable than they should be in this culture. But we don't get to see that, so I'm just tossing that in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, everyone's distracted by Black Panther. uh, So, uh, KK is threatening Monica and saying, oh, stop investigating your sister's suicide because it'll lead to us. And Black Panther sees them uh, threatening uh, Monica and he starts fighting them. And then we get some dumb jokes about... um, from the crowd while this is happening. What was it? The guy f- falls over the counter. And she like, says, I hope this isn't a purchase. I haven't even figured out what's a tax deductible item or food stamp item yet. Yeah, I hated this fucking scene so much. And that's why I was saying. You can, like, with this writer, you can edit some of this stuff out. It's like, you don't yeah. need that. <laughs> and it's only half the issue, but it's so glaring how weird this scene is. Yeah. And especially considering the dark subject matter, it's exactly. Yeah. yeah. Here's another missed opportunity in my, my book because the cops show up and they're not related to the KKK at all. They're just assholes. They, they show up saying, oh, well, what's going on here? Black Panther, answer our questions. And he's like, I got to stop those criminals. And he's like, no, you listen to us and start being the shit out of him. Yeah, you uh, ain't going nowhere and he pistol whips the Black Panther. <laughs> and then everyone in the whole store just starts throwing shit at him. <laughs> And like it's not it's not because it's not because they're like oh we hate Black Panther we hate you because they're black they don't even know he's black as far as they know he's white <laughs> yeah uh, they uh, they just seem because he's wearing he's like, he's this weird black guy he's weird black costume guy I have to clarify that yeah all the time weird black costume guy standing in the middle of nowhere uh, and, fighting guys and like I couldn't believe even the cat lady took a can of that cat food and beat him with it <laughs> until he like like was bleeding yeah and he's like you have a scar that he'll never heal ever. yeah the writer's like this is he'll carry this for the until the end of his days like all all the villains he fought no but this cat food can <laughs> like that this got him. like this scene with if he was just in plain clothes and the cops show up and black panther is defending monica from the kkk and they go after black panther because he's like the black guy creating a scene that could be very powerful yeah, yeah. but it's not it's an old it's lady not. beating him with cat food <laughs> yeah it, uh, and it's also Black Panther has super strength, but these all these people they make a big bullshit excuse that oh the the storm is, is so the music's so loud in the storm and his lights are so bright that he's so disappointing. <laughs> I'm like bullshit, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. I I really just hated that so much. Actually, actually, I'll be honest. I all the first three, I'm like these are kind of bad. Yeah, I, I, there were a lot of good ideas I thought throughout them and yeah. like good good moments. Like even this is kind of an interesting moment just for the fact that it's like when there's a crime that happens they go in and immediately blame the black guy for it i'm like okay yeah. that's that's neat but they blame the guy who would like slice it is just like a super yeah they, they, they mix the messages up a lot with the, the choices the one here. thing i want to see say about this like jungle action run is i think this story is a big downgrade from the previous one 
But like, I still do like a lot of the ideas in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's funny because now Daryl is on the amb- ambition boat with me, saying, "Oh, I like the ambition of this and the ideas here, <laughs> yeah. even though the story doesn't come together." But I I, <laughs> I, I do uh, I do think uh, there's there's a lot of missed opportunities here, and I, and, I, and I don't want to share the book too much because it, it is ambitious for its time. But there are a lot of missed opportunities that could have really drove the mm-hmm. point home here. Uh, so yeah, uh, after that, uh, the police finally, Malika's like, hey, stop beating up my boyfriend. He fucking literally was trying to save my life. <laughs> Instead of arresting her too, they were like, okay. Yeah, and another, another, another part of like the, um, another part of the, the Daryl talks about the space being wasted. I feel they we, we, we relay the same information over and over again. Like the sheriff shows up and they basically mm. say, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm on your side. I'm the sheriff again. Like he doesn't really add yeah. That actually... Yeah, that yeah. happens, like, later in the issue where they talk about what happened to her sister. They have one, like, a narration bubble that explains her, like, a, a flashback. And then later on, yeah. someone's talking. It's like, when this happened to your sister. Yeah, it, exactly. They, uh, like Dara says, later on, they have a flashback to Monica's sister when they already explain what happened to Monica's sister. She killed herself because mm-hmm. she discovered a cake cane. In the, same, in the same issue. I understand between issues, but this was the yeah. same yeah. one. Yeah, and, and here and here again, they, they have a black, Monica saying, I'm sad my sister died, and he's like, it'll be fine. We'll get the KKK. And like you said this last issue, you don't have to say it again. Oh, and I just want to point out the writer did this funny thing with like the cat ladies, like, I don't care, like, like um, don't take it all on us. It's not our fault that like we, we did that, that I beat him with the can. And says that she stands righteously weighing her small weapon of tin. She will go home and feed her non-cats and then peer into oblivion until oblivion can- claims you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was like so bizarre. Like, like so much of the writing is so over. It has to be tongue in cheek for this scene. It has. <laughs> it feels, feels like Edgar Allan Poe writing a fucking sixties comedy. Yeah. Like, except the, why would yeah. this cat lady gaze into the abyss? Like, <laughs> I think it's like it's gonna be. He's saying she's gonna die alone. Yeah. But yeah. Like, like, like so. That kind of makes it funny. If they just said she's gonna die alone, they've been boring. But I think I think Ryan's right. It's tongue in cheek a bit. It has to be. So then, what happens to the second half of this issue? Yeah. So then, uh, uh, for some reason, I don't, I don't think explained it. I mean, the cops share explains it. Explains it that uh, there's a rally. And Black well, they, one of the guys talked mm-hmm. here oh, okay. about talked about where the KKK it's, rally it's is. It's the gonna stupid be. comic thing where they they were gonna stab or they're gonna kill Monica, and then they're like, tomorrow we're gonna be holding a rally. Yeah, and then yeah. A, a black member shows up to his rally and starts being the shit out of the uh, KKK, but uh, uh, they are too much for him. It's not even a rally; it's a it's a middle of the night meeting. Oh yeah, I shouldn't say rally. It's, like, rally. it's not a rally. Yeah, they have a, they have a rally as we know it today later on, but this is the old school burn the cross to yeah. scare black people kind of like shit. yeah. These guys are in the middle of the woods with torches at night. Yeah. Like it's yeah, uh, KKK rally and different back and then. he just flies in, just starts like I'm gonna kill everyone here. But. Uh, yeah. Because uh, they have to make sure there's dramatic tension, they beat the shit out of him, even though he's super powered and he's a fucking. But uh, he's also he, fighting like, like thirty guys. Yeah, how how strong is he supposed to be? Because I, I I when I saw him flying in, I'm like, you have to be pretty strong to beat up thirty guys. I guess that's true. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, and they had he's weapons. Like, and stuff. He's like Captain America's strength. Yeah, I think a bit stronger than that, but um, like, I don't know. Captain America, I always feel like is is always shown stronger than he should be, even if you're really strong. Like, it's a problem for another time. Uh, I guess. Phil, Phil, he can fight the Hulk. We just learned. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what's throwing me off because I'm used to Captain America jumping into 30 guys and beating them all up. So seeing Black Panther, see, this is fucking <laughs> yeah. racial discrimination. Black Panther can't beat up 30 guys, but Captain America can. Well, I remember Steve yeah. has that super soldier strength serum because he's an Aryan. Well, oh, yeah. Black Panther has Black Panther has his magical herbs because he's a he's an African. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's all that's like the archetype that they lean right. into for both of them. 
But yeah, so then uh, while this is happening, uh, there's another instance of showing not telling that I think is kind of a waste opportunity because uh, True Blood was like a very his character. We didn't talk about it much, but he's very much like a idealistic. Like I'm a journalist, I'm going to save mm-hmm. the world of my journalism and find the truth about this KKK conspiracy. And then he, he says that first issue, next issue, he's like, I'm already sorry, then KKK has permeated too deeply. I'm everything's hopeless. America's fucked. Fuck America. <laughs> I, we're done. We're done. His so. dialogue is super super dramatic. Yeah, and it really no, it, um, Ryan. I was reading this, and this was you. <laughs> it is right. Really, talk like this. Something wrong was happening, like in America, and I discovered it. And the idealism that hadn't withered away in me rose up and said, "Blast it! We're going to do something about this corruption." I still believe in this country. I know that's unfashionable these days, and sometimes, knowing much of our history, I wonder why I still believe. But I know why. I believe in the fairy tales, the myths I was taught in schools, the values this country was supposed to stand for. I still believe in those myths. And if this country isn't perfect, so what? Nothing is. We'll keep fighting until America lives up to the things it proclaimed it was. And is that, I really is that what like... I sound like? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, and I, this is a very, you know, traditional, not traditional, like a very t- a common trope character, the idealistic reporter who's like, I'm going to cover the truth and like, you mm-hmm. know, like the Watergate kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the problem is, like, we this is the second time we meet him after he, like, he was idealistic. Like, we didn't, I mean, never see him get disoriented. This, why is he this yeah. now after last six years so hard? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was, I was gonna say that I felt like he was like this, like liberal white guy that was trying too hard to show how much of an ally he is. <laughs> but apparently, that's me. So fuck me, I guess. Yeah, fuck you, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> fuck off, Ryan. It, it was more just about like I like that he's both an idealist. And also someone that's, like, still struggling to do the right thing. Because I think that's, like, a lot of people with privilege that were all, like, kind of idealists. That like... Yeah, the thing that I like about him a lot is that everyone else, like, all the white people he knows told him it's not worth it. Like, just give mm-hmm. up. It's not worth when they'll threaten you. Like, just just stay quiet. You know, just be yeah, the white Yeah, they say his family and stuff is threatened. And he's like, I'm literally putting my wife and kids on, like, at risk. Mm-hmm. But I have to... And I, I thought that that was really interesting. But again, they just he says that. We never meet any of his family. Or I, don't, I don't want to point out one line I really liked. Um, he says, I don't want to be scared, but some somebody somewhere made a terrible mistake. They made me a moral man. And oh, I yeah. That's, that, a very, that's a good that's a very point too. line. I love yeah, the, yeah, the panel just a juxtaposition. Because as this is going on, as the Black Panther is fighting the KKK and getting beat up, it's it's all the center of the frame for like the last six pages. And it's um, sandwiched between Kevin Trueblood talking about believing in idealism and, like, staying yeah. resolved as Black Panther's getting the shit beat out of him. It's, like, this really cool, like, how do you resolve this kind of, like, the evilness in the world with what you think people are like? Which I think yeah. is kind of, like, the theme of this whole arc, which we'll see in issue yeah. four. Yeah, and ends with issue, the issue ends with Black Panther being crucified and set on fire. On <laughs> not crucified, tied to a cross. Yeah, he's tied, he's tied to a cross. Yeah, he's crucified. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> tied, to, tied to a cross that's dead is set on fire, yes. That's a pretty powerful yeah. image to me, is, is they beat is. him and they tie him to a cross and burn the cross. Like, that's yeah. serious business. Yeah. This is why Reverend Billy Graham wanted to draw this. <laughs> <laughs> but especially, like... At this time, like, that is not how villains beat heroes. You know, yeah. like, they would be tied yeah. to giant typewriters. They wouldn't be tied to a cross <laughs> and set on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so the next issue, the end of the story arc, opens up with him on this cross burning to death. I like th- I like that it's called um, a cross burning darkly, blackening the night. The idea that this cross burning darkens the night. Ah, it's such a cool, yeah, that's that's a cool so, yeah. line. I have a question historically, I guess for Phil. In the book, they spell clan with a K. 
but on the yeah. cover they spell it with a C. Is that like? Do you think that like for it's safer to not call it explicitly the clan with a K on the cover? Like, do you have any idea why they would do that? I don't. It's been for as long as I know. Always published in newspapers and stuff with the K. But like, like, but in the book they spell it with the K. It's only on the covers of the comics. I think that's I think it's Marvel trying to edge your best because co- more people are going to see the cover and they're going to read the actual yeah. book. So uh, do not piss off several people looking at this in the comic book stance. But like, there's the guys is... with white hoods on the cover too. Yeah. I know, but they could be like <laughs> burning a black guy on a cross. <laughs> they could be like it could be like another hate monger for all the people know. That's true. Another... That's true. That's what I figured. Yeah. But like, I just I've, it's I, I've never. Weird. Yeah, that's pretty weird. I, I I mean, in my experience, I haven't seen that. This is like a lot of um, things when you when you get into corporate world, they do like this weird hedging of bets. Like if you yeah. think about it, a person will see the hoods and think, "Oh, KKK, obviously." Mm-hmm. But I, they do that a lot. And if you've into plausible the deniability, world. exactly. Yeah. Plausible deniability. Yeah. So he's burning on the cross, and uh, there's some interesting, like it, I mean, kind of interesting, like inner dialogue where he's like, "I can't make it," and then his other, like his inner self is like, "You have to. You put up with worse." And he's basically trying as the ropes are burning from him burning. He's trying to like flip himself up and knock the cross down. Flip himself off. Um, yep, he's trying to get himself off, and then he he does, and then he charges like the burning cross into the dudes with it on his back, which is actually a cool image. I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought the cooler cool. one was after he charges them, he starts wandering into the woods trying to look for like some way to get this cross off him. He's just walking around with a burning cross on his back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it, it, it's like he falls into the swamp as. Um, Kevin Trueblood and Monica drive by looking for him, and he misses them. Um, and they end up... He ends up getting picked up somehow. Some of the that art in these hospital. scenes, I just really, really love. Like, when he runs into the swamp with the burning cross on his back, yeah. he, like, lays in the water, and it's him, like, yeah. trying to get up. The cross is still on his back, and it's steaming mm-hmm. in, like, the... It's a foggy swamp. But That's the, a good panel. Uh, but yeah. the cross itself is, like, just gushing steam, and it's it's just there's a lot of really good panels in this. In this and and what happens is, uh, Monica doesn't find them. What happens is they get called later by by the hospital. The police found them later on, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. Like I thought they would just happen to run into him, and they didn't. But, and and he even he says that in the narration thing, they should be the ones to find him. Thinks Monica, that's the way it's supposed to work out. Which again is that play of like the idealism, yeah. the way America's supposed to be versus how reality actually plays itself yep. out. Um, and of course, cause it's, you know, fiction, you can't have your, your hero actually get hurt in ways that yeah. you can see and disfigure yeah. him. So he's all burned to death, but actually he's fine looking, oh, yeah, of course. but he's like, I'll be in the hospital for weeks, but like he has no burns. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> like they don't one. even show the scar on his head from the cat food. I mean, he's, he's got a bandage over his head. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the cat food bandage. Yeah. From yeah they're like, Jesus, what happened to you? Yeah. I was about to be like, I got to stitch up right away. God, it looks like fucking somebody slits his face open. <laughs> You'll be scarred for life. <laughs> Uh, till the end of your days, as you stare into oblivion, <laughs> the cat food. Um, so the sheriff uh, at the hospital, he's in the hospital for a few weeks, and the sheriff recounts for us uh, how Monica's sister, Angela, died, and how she supposedly committed suicide. Um, and they are going to go to an actual rally, KKK rally this time. And, like, this is one in public where they're, like, you know, they're taking our jobs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 literally that. <laughs> yeah. He says, who will put bread and meat on your tables to feed your children if blacks continue to steal the jobs that rightfully belong to you and your sons? 
For the employers yeah. fear also. They fear repercussions if they do not give those jobs to the blacks. And all of you know I speak the truth. Like that's like that's like a Trump speech, except he yeah. just says Mexicans instead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and this was this was rhetoric used by the Klan. I mean, like every, yeah. every fucking racist. That's that's part of part of their idea is uh, they want to get uh, their. They got special treatment in the past, and they want to make sure they keep getting special treatment. Well, and they, get special and, treatment by getting rid of the minorities. And they even say the it's not about hating blacks; it's about white rights. Now I ask you, who will fight for this white child if white people don't fight for his rights? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, it's that same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, I thought that this the rally was kind of interesting. Um, and then Kevin, Monica, and Black Panther show up. And Kevin's like, you're ready to debate me? And then Black Panther just starts punching them. (laughs) (laughs) This is a fucking debate club, fuckers. There's one other line that I want to point out is he says, our country, the the Klan guy says, our country and our arts are controlled by Antichrist Jews who brand the Klan with images of slaughtering the supposedly oppressed black man. And I literally saw people after Charlottesville say like, oh, they're not really Nazis. They were, you know, those are Antifa deep state operatives. Like, that's the thing that people still do. People don't change that much in four years. And they claim that violence wasn't, like, ever happened. And then uh, they're like, "Uh, actually, you burned Black Panther on the cross, you fucking assholes. And uh, then... We have not burned any man, the Klansman says. (laughs) What kind of terror tactics are these? And then they have this big moment where True Blood's giving a speech to the crowd saying, they burned this man because he's a threat to them. But it was with a cross, burning about light. You hear that? And about warmth. Warmth (laughs) gives comfort. It doesn't take away humanity. And there wasn't any light above my cross here. Light implies illumination. To see something you didn't understand before. Can you hear what I'm saying? Can you? Like, it's like showing how uh, they took the cross and uh, this image of burning and made it mm-hmm. into a dark, unholy symbol of... Uh, but he could, the, I wish... I liked it. I like the idea again a lot, but he continues in the next panel saying, I'll give it to you straight. Burning crosses. They're corruption. Corruption of the world light. You're, the night's dark enough. It's like... I, I, yeah, I he keeps going cool. on. That's the thing. The it just him. keeps going on. Yeah. And then Black Panther just starts beating them off. They have this wonky crane fight. Yes, this is, and then... this is where it's like, oh, it's just so comics. Because the guy gets in a crane. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is how crane, I'll not like crane up, style. Like, like a uh, construction site crane is nearby. Yeah. Crane yeah. style. And I'll, I'll and then, hit him uh, with the big hook at the end of the crane. You're like, come yeah. on. And then, and then a guy pulls out a gun to shoot Black Panther. Uh, because I guess no one has tried that yet. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, just as he's about to be shot... Uh, Monica's dad sprays cards in this guy's face. <laughs> the thing that I really like about this, though, even though, like, that's silly, he does say, this here is Lloyd Lynn speaking. You got my name right, Lloyd Lynn. You remember it, and you remember my little girl's name, too. That, like, I love that he was in the shadows and hiding the whole time, and then he comes out and he's like, I want you to know who I am. Like, that to me is a powerful thing of, like, mm-hmm. he's not hiding at all anymore. He's, like, now publicly becoming part of the resistance. Yep. And then... Basically, that's the end of the show. Yeah, that's the end of the story pretty much. Uh, yeah, because yeah. what's surprising is when we move into the fourth episode, it's kind of like it's what you could deem like a, a filler issue because like nothing story-wise happens, but it's so yeah. cool because basic yeah. Black Panther flies in on his space hovercraft and scares Monica's <laughs> dad for fun. Literally, uh, <laughs> so I haven't watched the movie or anything, but Black Panther has space technology. Yeah. yeah. It's not like randomly, like, he got a UFO. Like, he, he lives in, like, he's like Batman, but black, yep. kind of. So they all sit down for dinner, Kevin, Black Panther, and Monica, and um, Monica's mom starts telling a story of her grandfather's cousin, mm-hmm. I yeah, think it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. and it's basically, the, the whole issue split up into two parts. There's what... Um, Monica's mom tells what happened to this uh, black man when the KKK 
uh, came into town. Yeah, his name is Caleb, just so make it sense. And he too. was a freed slave. Yep. Yeah. And then the other half of the story is what Monica herself imagines, like, if the Black Panther was there to help Caleb. And she even imagines, like, Caleb to be, like, this huge buff dude instead of, like, this scrawny guy with ripped clothes. And it basically, like, it, it goes through just the history of his life where it's, like, um, that they, they ride into town and they try a bunch of uh, scare tactics on him, telling him not to go to, what was it? The Freedmen's Bureau. The Freedmen Bureau, for those who are unfamiliar, was created right after uh, the Civil War by the government as a way f- to actually try to transition these millions of now freed slaves into society. So it would be set up to like give clothing, give food, uh, help them register to vote, and things like that. But as this issue, I think, really poignantly points out, like it's one thing to set up a Freedmen's Bureau in the heart of Georgia, and it's another thing to actually get those people to actually get the help they need without getting their house fucking terrorized by their neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because uh, the Freedmen Bureau, they, they are more, like, there's, like, politician types. Yeah. When uh, Caleb goes to them saying, like, hey, can you help me? These guys are fucking joining my family. And, like, vote Democratic and uh, we'll uh, get you help. But we can't Well, no, you. vote Republican. Oh, yeah. Because they, the Democrat, the KKK was Democrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I got a typical Democrat fucking as, forgetting the KKK as, is as Republicans are wont to point out nowadays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freedmen's Bureau was a uh, radical Republican. I love that it says like yeah, okay. he won't find justice in this place, only promises. And like again, it will yeah. bounce back from Kayla being thrown out after being told to um, put the X on the ballot to Black Panther, you know, jumping through the window, hanging them up on coat racks, and calling them lechers. They've had enough of our blood. And then like they wa- he walks out with Caleb. They're both laughing. Yeah, it's like... it's honestly like this like this really got to me. This whole issue like. Reading it and like wanting her wanting so badly to believe that the world is like a fucking superhero comic, mm-hmm. and and someone is going to stand up for the people who are being oppressed. Who sounds like me life. now, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but see, I know, I know that there is no justice in this world, yeah. and man is evil. You you haven't come to that point yet. <laughs> yeah, man is evil. But we all do for death. Uh, face of oblivion as you look into your cat food. <laughs> yeah. But even this, like the scene where he goes to the Freedmen's Bureau and the Republicans are saying, "Like vote for us." I love this conversation too much. So it's so much. So it's two politicians. One says, "Tell you what, boy." They call him boy, which is like yeah. Yeah, has weight. You vote for us, and we'll see what we can do. Remember, it was our party that freed you. Not only that, but you vote for us this time, and we'll let you vote for us next time. And he says, (laughs) but what do we do if they come back the way they threatened? There's nothing to fear. Corpses don't climb out of their graves. It's obviously some scamps having a sporting time with you. Get us an office, and we'll straighten them out. Goodbye now. You just remember where to place your X on the ballot. And, like... That's some real shit right there. Yeah. And the like narration says, Caleb is not a learned man, but he knows quite positively that demons or not, he will find no justice in this place. Only promises. <sighs> it's just, mm-hmm. it's real, dude. No justice, like Phil said. The world doesn't have justice. Yeah. Yeah, the world's not just and people are yep. scum. And so. especially, this is especially true because of what happens at the, the end of this issue is the KKK rides in to see Caleb because they're like, hey, we told you not to go to the Freedmen's Bureau. And they try like these weird scare tactics on where they have a guy in a red hood show up and he takes out like a skeleton hand and the grandmother mentions that it's like that the uh, the skeleton hand was probably carved from uh, Hickory Wood. But like yeah. Caleb's so terrified that he doesn't know like uh how to respond to that 
And the funny thing is, because they hype him up saying, "I'm the soul strangle. I will strangle, uh, strangle your soul." But she's the guy in the costume, and on the, but I, I think they did it because for the cover, because the cover shows this guy on this fucking yeah, flaming horse, so dumb. and he's like, "I Black Panther versus the Soul Strangler. Who will win this fight?" They make it seem like a typical comic book. Uh-huh. Yeah, where it's so not. But it's not only that because they also like they say that the costumes, like their original robes, were Civil War uniforms that they fired bullets into and smeared with red paint. Mm-hmm. So like it's setting him up as this like demon and like i don't know history as well as like phil but i could definitely see early kkk coming up as like this let's be like these like demons to terrorize these people and then the, 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 yeah. the, the reason why the world of white cloaks and stuff was to intimidate with the yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and and it's and it is a, they do justify the plot i just find it funny that the comic the cover uh mislabeled not mislabeled but like they use this as an excuse to set stuff as a cliche comic book but it's not at all mm-hmm. And what happens is the the leader ends up shooting Caleb in his shoulder. And then they drag a noose around his neck and they start uh, pulling him, like the the leader starts pulling him with the horse to a tree to go hang him. Yeah. And during this, it's like instead of like Black Panther and Monica's vision that happens to him. But, you know, he he breaks free and he he, uh, beats up. He beats him up. Well, in the reality vision, Monica has to uh, or uh the wife of Caleb has to watch him get hung. And it's just, it's a really just like dark scene. Like I, I can't imagine Marvel so comics showing dark. just like a person getting hung even in silhouette. Yeah, literally a lynching is like the one of the most uh, horrible things. Yeah. And I reach is really good cuz the the wife uh, says Ellie gazes up upward and sees the future and the past in one glaring melange of images that blinds her to the present. A past that's filled with Caleb's presence, a future of fatherless children. The restraining hands no longer hold her, but the sense of imprisonment is stronger. Uh, yeah. yeah it, yep. Uh, and uh, th- I, that's that's uh, basically what happened. They like Black Panther and Monica go in, and he's like, "Hey, wh- what were you thinking about?" And she's like, "Uh, she she was fantasizing." Yeah, because she the issue the last scene and the flashback is her imagining if Black Panther was the one who was getting lynched, yeah. of him breaking the rope himself with his own hands. Yeah, which I and mean, then, we actually see in like the last issue with him escaping the burning cross. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is like he did it in real life, but like nobody else could. Yeah, and the yeah. the final line they ask her like, "What were we doing?" And uh, she talks about how she her mind was going somewhere else, and she says, "I guess one of those people, Chichala." Who can't take that much reality, but can't close their eyes to it either. Yep, everything's so much simpler in fantasy. People can be su- such clear-cut symbols. Yeah. I honestly, like, this issue was so good. It gave me goosebumps. Like, yeah. I, and it's hard to kind of, con- like, I feel like it's hard to convey that just by telling, like, people what happens in mm-hmm. it. Like, you have to read you have to read it to get the effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this is one of those, like, the first story, I was like, this is pretty good, because I was looking for a Black Panther story for us to do, and I was like, I could see that, and then this last issue, I was like, yeah, okay, we could do this, I think, because it's, I've ne- I've never read a, a story like that, even now, and this is, you know, 40 years ago. It's because yeah. this is like, it does the really cool things that comics rarely kind of do, where they're like, let's, like take a realistic kind of look at humanity but we also play to the strengths of comics by like you know <laughs> juxtaposing the two ideas of what actually happened and what superheroes are supposed to do yeah yeah and having the the parallel storylines i think comics do that style very well when they do it mm-hmm. yeah be 
more so than other mediums because like you can literally have it on the same page mm-hmm. you yeah know? you can have them yeah. side by side happening yeah. really simultaneously it's kind of like how uh, i remember always like falling in love with uh watchmen because of the dr manhattan on mars scene like, yeah yeah the like going through time and i'm like wow like this is a pretty uniquely comic thing yeah you can, good you can way. do things with that. panels and spacing yeah that, like that that's unique to the medium and it's it was crazy to see like this actual fucking like lynching happen, like almost literally next to this like fantasy version of like Black Panther coming and saving the day. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was so good. And especially like I I forgot to mention this one thing, but in the the Black Panther version of that history, when he knocks off the hood of the KKK leader, he's just a skeleton. Because it's like he's so evil that he couldn't be human, you know. Yeah. Where it's one yeah. of those things yeah, where it yeah. is magical, not topical. Where it's actually like the reverse. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah. it's, 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 it makes it like in the ideal world. Only bad people will be mon- all bad people will be monsters. And yep. but this is the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. This issue yeah. just to me like it captures so well the strength of the medium and the strength of the genre. Like this is something that like this is why superheroes resonate with people. This mm-hmm. is why they became so popular during the depression. You know, like yeah. that's like. That's what they're supposed to be. Is like, imagine if this person could be here. Maybe then there would be some justice in the world. Yeah, it's why it's Sorry, why Ryan. Kevin Trueblood <laughs> wants to believe in myths. Yeah. Yeah. So, I highly recommend to. I know we don't do recommendations or whatever, but this is collected in Panther's Rage. It's a Marvel epic collection that has Don McGregor's whole first run, and then there's a second trade written by him that I think is leagues better than this one called Panther's Quest. And it's him going to South Africa in the early nineties and him being Black Panther, not Don McGregor. (laughs) What did I say? You said, you said Don McGregor wrote the story and he went to Africa. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's about Black Panther going to Africa in the early nineties and kind of dealing with apartheid there. And it's, I think he, he definitely evolves where like all the, stuff we were talking about of like the still the dated 70s stuff i found that stuff gone in panthers uh, in panthers quest and it was very much like held up super well and i really recommend both of those books a lot of it anybody. is probably uh editorial because the editor of this is marv wolfman and uh like we we did a few more wolfman stuff i can't remember what but uh, like he's he's kind of hit or miss as a writer but from what from at least from what people at the time said he was very strict as an editor so mm. it, it uh, uh, I think especially what this wasn't common at the time. I do think a lot of the story's faults might be because of uh, editor, or at least uh, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, I want to recommend Eyes on the Prize Civil Rights Leader. Oh. <laughs> uh, throwback joke. Eat shit if you haven't listened that far back. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a real fan, you'll know that joke. Unless, if you're not, you can fuck off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so would you guys read more of Don McGregor's Black Panther? I I kind of want to see what the Killmonger stuff like his original arc would be like. I would, but I'm not like super jazzed on it. But I like uh, I'm interested enough that if you were like, please read, I would. <laughs> yeah, I if would, it was please, anything like the read. the fourth issue we read, mm. I would say that it's more his second run, Panther's Quest, is much more like that than mm. the Killmonger stuff. But the Killmonger stuff is still really cool, and if you're a fan of the movie, you should definitely read it. So yeah, cool. So thank you guys for listening. You should rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. All that stuff. And yes, it does really help people find us. And you should also check out all the other shows of the Comrade Radio Network. I want to plug Oops, I Talk Politics, our other podcast, the four of us, because this was a pretty political divisive issues episode. And if you like that kind of commentary, you know, we have a political podcast. And I do also want to mention my other podcast that I don't mention a whole lot 
we'll get it right next year, an adventure in cinema, where we guess the plot of a movie for a whole year because we're almost done with our first season. So we're going to be watching the movie. We bought a zoo soon. And Sly has been on an episode. And Sly has also designed our merch. So everyone should listen. We just released a mailbag episode that was really great. So, yeah. Everyone cool. should check it out. And that's all I got. So, Sly, take us away. Thank you all for listening to the Vice of Issues. I've been fighting Crane style. <laughs> God damn. I, <laughs> I can't top that. <laughs> I've been learning how Phil Sly and Daryl really feel about my long rants about justice. <laughs> I finally found the Red Jack. <laughs> and I've been staring into the abyss. Stay in continuity. Redradio.com, Independent Podcasting Network.